Lads, how are we? You're both looking well. And Tank, we've already tested this, so I don't want to ruin the surprise for listeners. But it's like we're at a Barry Manilow concert. You sound that good here, lad. How are you? Well, I've certainly got the nose, mate. I've got the nose. <laughs> I'm good, mate. I'm good. Pick, how have you picked Barry Manilow? I don't know where Barry Manilow. And I, I was looking at you both. <laughs> I, was, I don't know. I don't know. I was looking at you both. So whether one of you reminds me of Barry Manilow or I'm thinking, I don't know where that came from. In, that'll be him putting the makeup on like that. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking fresh, Jim. You had a little a little freshen up there just before we came on. With no business like show business, my mate. <laughs> you were showing us your temperature gauge. We were all having a proper English moan at the heat. How hot is it in your cabin there, Jim? What when I got in it was 41, but it's currently saying 39. Jeez. Unbelievable. I'm absolutely well, dying. You got the powder out, you sorted yourself powder out. out. Fresh. No still shine a bit shiny, on the but you know, I'll I'll survive. Uh, you've been at, you've been a footy gym. Archie's back at it, is he? Yeah, first session back at Burton Albion under nines tonight, mate. And it was a, I can't believe it was on. It was so hot. I felt yeah. so sorry for them. Um, but to be fair to them, they they sort of wound the session in a bit, and they had a peno shootout at the end, which were buzzing. Archie at the bar three times in a row. Oh, you're joking? <laughs> yeah, like literally three shots, three hit the bars. How did he handle it? Oh, he sounded like he was. The, he was like, if we were playing crossboard challenge, crossbar challenge, I would have won. But other than oh, that, I, didn't I like that spin. I like that <laughs> yeah. spin of positivity. Well, I, well, actually, the reason that I brought up uh, kids' football, obviously, I want to know how Archie's getting on. But it's a it's a nice segue into something that was a bit of breaking news today. And obviously, Tank, you've been involved in obviously football for years, academies specifically. One of the, the breaking news stories that's coming out at the moment is the FA are going to trial removing heading. Um, for all age groups under the age of under 12. And if successful, they would fully remove it uh, by the season 23, 24. What's, what's your reaction to this? Because it's kind of, it's caused a bit of a stare online. You got people stamping their feet, you know, not happy with it at all. Where do you, where do you kind of sit on this one? I just think it's a ridiculous thing to do. I mean, what, what, how are you going to test whether it's a success or not? On a serious mm. note, how are they going to say, listen, that's been a great success? How? How do you know? Football, it's we're just becoming this woke, woke society worldwide where we're just trying to change things for the sake of changing things. I've coached kids from the age of under seven all the way up to the uh, first team level. I've never actually had a single parent, person, anyone say, that hurt me that when I headed the ball. It's part of the game. So now the FA and there's idiots in suits making decisions who's probably never kicked the ball in their lives and now coming along and saying, your, your lads and your lads, you know, they're a lot younger than Jack's 16. Now he's on his way, you know, to doing whatever he's doing. Your two lads are a lot younger. So what you're going to do with your lads when this gets implemented is like, listen, what we've been teaching you and training you for the past three, four seasons when you love the game. Has, has your lads ever said that I don't want to hit the ball, it hurts? Yeah. Or if they ever said that hurts, or, you know, it's the game, it's part of the game. So what we're going to do now is say, oh, what you were doing last season when you had the ball, don't do that because the referee will blow his whistle and stop the game and you'll have to restart from the pocket. That's not the game. And then when you're under 12, go, oh, listen, what we've coached you from under 6 to under 12, forget about that. That doesn't count no more. This is a new game where you had the ball. I mean, come on, what's going on with this world? What about you, Jim? Because I suppose, and and this is me playing devil, devil's advocate now. I suppose there probably there's been some high profile cases of dementia and and and, and the likes, and and obviously from a, um, a medical point of view, I suppose there's concern about brains forming, rattling brains, that type of thing. I mean, I I actually I don't even know if you were at the training session, Jim. I learned to head the ball properly. I was terrible in the air until one day when I was 23 at training. I just became like Tim Kale. It was ridiculous. I don't know what happened. So I wasn't. I've big... seen that lad. I must have yeah. been there. I don't remember you being able to add the ball. Oh, come on now. Come on now. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was it was funny. I was never really a big header of the ball as a kid, but I suppose where obviously you've got uh, Archie who's, who's finding his feet now, good little footballer. Is it is it something that concerns you as a parent? Um, do you do you agree with the ruling? I do actually. Yeah, I do actually agree with it. Not in the fact that I think they should cut it out, but having seen it from. Quite early. They're not allowed to practice anyway, so they're not allowed to practice headers. Um, and Jeez, I feel mad now because I'm always whipping balls in for our lads. Well, this is it. Yeah, I mean, it. It's fine. Look, and, and you're talking, you're talking small margins, aren't you? But as you say, like 
it's later on in life when this the repeating heading and constant heading. But having seen them in a match, they can't head it anyway. And you know, they they stick their head in the way and it nine times out of ten it bounces off and goes somewhere. So it could hurt, it can hurt, but they're not going to turn around and say, Oh, that hurt that. So I actually don't mind it. I mean, I, I would prefer them to be get used to playing footy and rather than whip trying to boot corners in. Because at the minute, for corners in our age group, it's who can kick the ball the furthest as a, and hardest as opposed to who can put the best ball in. Mm. So I'm actually I actually don't mind it, and I think it you know as long as as long as there's been process thought around it and. You know, the obviously medical conditions getting older, but it's different. Balls are different, aren't they? So when you're not the medicine ball now, nah, is it? Really? You know, you're not heading, you're not heading leather balls that are proper wet and um, about 15 times heavier. So, like you, you know, when you used to leave your footy in the garden for ages, yeah, and then you, yeah, <laughs> you, yeah, you boot it and you got yeah. a dead head after it yeah. for ages. <laughs> so, look, I, I can take it or leave it. If they turn around and say tomorrow there's no heading, I'm. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm easy, and I go, yeah, that, I'm all right with that. If you carry on going, yeah, heading again, I'm fine with it. So, you know, so what do you do? It's for me, honestly, it's nonsense. We're going on studies from players who played the game in 1940, 50, 60, 70. You know, we're not going on any studies of players from the 80s, 90s. We, are we going? Are we going to go back to, you know? the 1800s where you just used to break someone's leg and say, well, we're going to stop tackling now because in, in 1830, we've got cases where the man broke his leg and it was really bad. And so there's no tackling. We're changing the game for, for See, nothing. It's I just knew, it's ridiculous. I had, a, I had a funny feeling that in your head tank, you were worried about football becoming non-contact. Then you've got you've got the likes of this check. You're just worried that the game that you love and grew up is, is now becoming... A distant thing. It's, it's 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 not the game. It's not that game now. It's anyway. not that game though. Is it? it's not that game isn't changing. The game that we love isn't changing. It's it's well, taking into it changing. You, but you, it's taking into account kids. You can't tackle. Oh, come on, seriously. No, no, no. What I'm saying. How, how many once... kids? How many kids have gone to the FA and said? Oh, how many kids has the FA seen and said? Listen, that kids all over the place. You've been heading the ball. You've just said to yourself. The kids don't even. They don't even know to head the ball. My kids used to jump up for the head and the head would go in the shoulders, it hit the shoulders. It... Yeah. So if we're going to do that then, we might as well just cancel a game of football because yeah, if the centre-forward hits a shot and it hits a kid in the face, but then you can't have contact in the face. The game, these people, honestly, we're becoming a woke society where you can't have jokes anymore, you can't play football, you can't tackle. <laughs> he's gone, he's gone, he's gone here, yeah, the head has gone. Honestly, it's, it's, it's getting to a stage now where... Leave the fucking game alone. You've already killing it with v fucking VAR. You're already <laughs> killing it. You're killing the game. I mean, honestly, we, we spoke before the pandemic and nearly kick in, Jay. We spoke more about the v, VAR decisions and bad decisions and the killing the game of football. They're trying to tweak something that doesn't need tweaking. That doesn't need tweaking. My my worry and Tank was was about two minutes away from uh, talking about censorship and getting onto vaccines. There, I reckon, I reckon va vaccines are going to come out there. <laughs> no, don't don't, don't get boy. started on the. Don't don't. <laughs> uh, but what I was going to say, like I look, I'm I'm kind of in the middle, and not to be a shit house here, but like if if there is a concern for kids, look, I don't think it's it's a it's a huge deal. But what I would say is. Uh, like it's 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 not comparing apples to apples. I think the game has evolved. I, 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 look, young kids don't need to be heading balls, you know. I, I, to be honest, there's ways of working around it. But then, is there going to be a part of the game that's missing in terms of development when you reintroduce it back at a later stage? I I, I don't know. It, it'd be interesting to see how it pans out. I I would be worried, like Tank though. Deep down, I have this whether it's old school mentality or whatever, where it's if it's not broke, don't fix it, kind of thing. And and football is on a very dangerous. It's gonna become yeah, but it once these things start, Jimmy, it's like a domino effect. How, like how, not, can say, how can you say? How can you say they're not changing football? No, I mean they've got to be. They've got to be. And I'm and again, we're speculating here, but surely they've got to be medical studies somewhere that are saying a repeating heading of the football from age eight to thirty six, because that's what you're doing, aren't you? You're playing from eight till thirty six. Even 40, in my case. you know, <laughs> yeah. So you know that there's got to be studies saying that you are constant, whether it's new balls, old balls. They can't just go right no heading just because we 
just because we say so. I'm telling you now, there's no studies from kids. There's no, no kids. There's, there's no kids, and the studies are all from older generation players. That's yeah. where the studies come from. You know, it's okay. So we should be looking at the likes of Alan Shearer and players like that who were, you know, your Tony Adams. I played with Matty Elliott and Jerry Taggart who used to pummel the ball with their head. None of them are being tested and studied on. They're going back from the plays from back in the age when the balls, the balls are flyaways now. I'd love to kick one of them now. I'd score about 30. Well, I wouldn't, but you know what I mean. I'd have more shots. I'm telling you now. You wouldn't. Well, no, no, I wouldn't. Honestly. <laughs> the game, the game, the game, as we know, is it's it's on the way out with these idiots. It's on the way out, and from a coach's perspective, for here, it's <laughs> you, you you're going to be coaching kids from the age of six to twelve not to head of the ball, and then flip a switch and go. Oh, by the way, forget what we've said to you there. Now you've got to head the ball. Now they're putting balls in the box. Now you've got to defend and get your head on it. So what are we going to do from the age of eight to twelve? Because there's some decent 11-year and 12-year-old footballers out there, you know, who are playing like years above. You know, players at all academies play one and two years above the better players. So on their own age group on a Saturday, they're not allowed to head the ball. But if they play up on the Sunday, which some of them do, oh no, you've got to head the ball. You're going to have players ducking when balls come into the box. It's a complete farce. It's a farce. So we started the podcast out off, off with a bang. That was just meant to be like a nice, easy, easy our way in. And to continue Thanks the theme. getting you. redder and redder as that <laughs> section went on. See that? That'll be your kid next season. <laughs> That'll be your kids next season. For, for those uh, for those listening and not, and not watching on YouTube, uh, Tank, Tank just showed a picture of an American footballer with his helmet on and all his padding on. Look, it, it, it's a conversation for another day, but I, I would worry that in ten years' time, football is going to be like basketball. But that's a that's a that's a path I feel like we might be going down. Um, but anyway, don't get me started on that because I'll go go on about tackling all day. More rule changes. Jim, I'm going to stay with you. Uh, the Premier League now are introducing the multi-ball rule. I uh, don't know if you've seen this one coming out. So 10 balls could be in use at, or they, there must be 10 balls in use at each Premier yep. League game called the multi-ball system. And the purpose of this is to speed the game up and stop time wasting. Yep. Um, your reaction to that? Good idea. I don't understand why why anyone could be against it. Like, if you're playing more, I think what's because the average game of football, the ball's not in play, obviously for ninety minutes, is it? It was. I think it's like fifty minutes the ball's in play for, <clears throat> and obviously when when teams, I mean, this would be a great thing for Liverpool if they're playing a team at the bottom and they're losing one nil, and there's ten minutes to go because what happens? Ball boys kick balls and not arse, are they? And, and clubs will get fined if they're not on it, on the ball boys. Um, so, I, you know, I think it could be a good thing, mate. I, I think, you know, th there's certain um, stipulations around it, like the player's got to be making eye contact for the ball to come in. You can't just be pinging balls. So one guy can't have 10 balls coming at his face like a, like an orgy, like. But, um, you know, it's... Uh, I think... It, I don't see. I don't see why it should be. I think it'd be a good thing. Ten balls coming at your face like an orgy. <laughs> did you just casually yeah. drop in there? Yeah. So we've had Barry Manilow orgies. <laughs> <laughs> Are you all right with this one, Tank? Is this just to see off the days of the likes of a Neil Warnock who'd be telling ball boys to boot the ball up into the top of the stand? Yeah, look, you know, we want to see the ball and play more, but you're just going to have, like, you've just hit the nail in there. You're going to have our last managers who just say to the kids, because they'd just be all the academy kids who were around the pitch and they'd just be told, don't throw the ball back. And, but, listen, it's it's a nothing rule, and it? It's nice because, you know, we want to... I think there's stipulations, it... though, Tank, like, I think there's, if you if you don't do it, the, you, there's, there's punishments. Yeah. I don't know what they are. It's going to be difficult to push them punishments on, is it? Because the clubs are just saying, well, look, we told the kids and the kid's just not giving the ball. He's like, he doesn't know what to do. He's starstruck. He's this, that and the other. It's just one of them where the stipulations, but try and stick them on them. You're not going to get it. And I, I, I must say, I do think that this is only helping the big boys again. I do no think way. it's only helping the big... Well, I just think if you... If you Jimmy's takes away there. the leveler. It takes away the leveler. It, the well, it does away the booting the ball out of the stadium. Yeah, and I just think <laughs> if if you're if you're say a Norwich City from last season and you're you know you're clinging on for dear life against Man City, 
at home, your Norwich are at home, they're clinging on for dear life against Man City. They're trying a bit of time wasting, they're kicking balls out of the stand, they're telling the ball boy not to give it, and all of a sudden there's 10 balls available for Man City. And Norwich aren't getting that little breather just to like reset and get in shape. It's just kind of, for me, it's a, it's a rule what's just there designed to help the big boys. It's funny because when you say that, I, I, I think there's some truth in that, in that the dark arts are a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it is, you know, some of these teams just can't compete now, especially with some of the, you know, the top two teams are in a league of their own at the moment. And, and you know, you've got to try and look for these little marginal gains as the, as the I don't want to say smaller teams, but the teams at the bottom of the table. But I'm going to give an example now of the best um, version of a, a time-wasting team. And it was actually, ironically, a team at the top of the table. It was actually Jose when he brought Chelsea to Anfield. Um uh, when Liverpool were on the march to the title, and he just suffocated Liverpool, Liverpool's rhythm. It completely stopped the flow of the game. And I suppose for those teams that might want to do something similar, Jim, it probably takes the power away from them being able to do yeah, that. Yeah, I guess it does, mate. But I don't mind seeing that. And if you, you know, look, the Premier League's a Premier League. If if that's what you're doing to survive, then so much wrong. Do you know what I mean? I get, I get it. I get that by any means necessary. But if that's what you need to do, there needs to be serious questions asked. And I get, it. yeah, it probably is in in line for the big boys. But it doesn't mean that Norwich v Aston Villa when you know nineteenth or seventeenth versus eighteenth, and they're fighting to get out the bottom of the, you know, they're going to want the balls on quicker, aren't they? So, you know, I get that sometimes the big boys want to get them and score, but there's also close games towards the bottom as well. So. So I want it. There's a couple of because we got some cracking uh, listener questions, and I've actually put far too much on tonight's agenda, right? So I want to come to you on this one, Tank. Um, tick the Liverpool box, and then we can we can move on, right? Because this is I'll hold my hands up. This has got me very very rattled, and Jimmy's <laughs> ra- moving his glasses there like he's going to get up to no good in the next five minutes. And I, there's a potential, particularly you didn't in this. Even, you didn't even acknowledge my tweet the other day. I know I didn't because it annoyed me. And this is what I mean. I'm very I sensitive around this topic, right? And, and I'm warm. And when I'm warm, I become a grumpy bastard. So and I'm roasting it. Oh, hey, Stead. Well, she'll never oh. listen to this. <laughs> Look at that. That's almost uh, as bad as my shop with his neighbours. Paint the fancy prick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but on, uh, on, on the topic of, of Liverpool, right? There's something that's obviously been uh, breaking over the last week. Um, and that is very much around Liverpool's new signing, um, Mr. Nunes himself. And I'll be honest, Tank. I find it absolutely mad that Darwin Nunes has played... Best part, of, well, less than an hour for Liverpool. Then he's, he's finished. <laughs> he's, he's finished, yeah. Less than an hour for Liverpool. he been on holiday. He had three days training. Um, by all accounts, and it does, look, I'm not trying to make loads of excuses here, but like he had blisters on his feet. We've all had them in pre-season. They're absolutely horrible. Wait, Jim, wait. <laughs> he's giddy and it's going to annoy me. Uh, but... I just find it mad that there's this clam clamor now on social media to paint this guy as some type of buffoon. Like I think yeah. a fair thing as a Liverpool fan to be like, well, okay, a traditional number nine. How does he fit into Liverpool's system? The, the connections don't quite seem there, which is totally understandable. That we're basically in training games at the moment. Have those type of conversations, but there's people literally comparing him to like, you know. The most awful football. Andy Carroll, I think, was uh, fucking yeah. uh, Jimmy's done the Andy Carroll shouts. Paddy Power did the Andy Carroll shouts, and it's like you've just seen how like this swarm on social media has absolutely blown my mind. The guy's played yeah. seventy minutes of football. It's, it's ridiculous. You know, we just got off a plane. Basically, got off a plane from God knows where. All of them have. Um, it's it's comical, but that and do you know what makes me laugh more than anything as well is I've seen some comments. I mean, have you seen the comments about Reese James as well? I'll come back to Nunes in a minute. Reece oh, James his own just, goal. Yeah, I mean, if you've seen the own goal, yeah, it just looks like it's kind of popped up and he's just so it's an own goal. Yeah, what are they now, saying? Have you seen some of the, the Chelsea fans? No, some I of the comments. Was... I mean, no, what were they it's saying? Like, some of the stuff it was in. I was reading in the paper this morning. It was like one Chelsea fan is thing on Twitter was a Chelsea badge was like. He's possibly the worst fullback really? in the, in in the Premier League. How anyone compares him to Trent, he is woeful. The most old, and like the rant, and I'm like, mate, this this fella just needs to, just to get a life. And what makes me laugh is half of these comments are from people who couldn't kick a ball. 
Yeah. You can't kick a ball, but they're experts in social media. But going back on Nunes, I mean, look, you're talking to someone who... My career was a nightmare, an absolute nightmare with blisters. I'm being honest. It was one of the things what I suffered. Like, you wouldn't believe... In, You've got uh, such nice pre- feet now. I've got beautiful feet, <laughs> but honestly, I used to have pre-season was basically no skin on my on the underneath of my feet. So I've had to play when you're like that, and you can't play football when you're like that, especially when the grounds are rock hard like they were. And um, but it's it's comical, mate. I mean, the, the lads it must be sat there looking, going, "I've missed one chance in a game, and all of a sudden I, I'm Andy Carroll." Yeah. And it's it's laughable, mate. But it, it unfortunately the social media platforms give them all. I mean, Ari Maguire, you know, by all accounts, Man, Man United have been running hard, training before games. He's a big unit, and he's had a bit of a poor game for Man United. And the abuse he took was like, come on, it's pre-season. You, you don't even look at results. Nine times out of ten, you run them before the game. We used to we used to play a game like on a Tuesday night. We do like. We do a full track day Tuesday morning, and it's just getting your legs going. Well, this is the thing, and and Jim, one uh, Peter Harty sent in a question around this topic, and he says, "Why do we now have so much exposure of preseason friendlies and new signings being written off after tw- a twenty-five minute runout? It's ridiculous." When I was a kid, nobody had any interest in clubs' preseason arrangements and friendly fixtures. Is there a case here, Jim, of too much content? isn't necessarily a good thing because everyone's had a stinker in training. You know what I mean? We've been there with each other when we, we couldn't hit a barn door in training, you know, but no one's seeing these things. It's perfectly normal. I'd say, and I'm guessing here, Tank, some of your teammates maybe come back a little bit out of shape after their summer holidays, you know, back in the day. And no one's filming them and throwing stones at them. Do you know what I mean? So I just, Jim, is it a case of this? Look, you give anything to rival fans and they'll, they'll run up a narrative. They've found they've found an opportunity and they've just just literally ran with it. I think so, mate. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I'm, I agree with both you and Tang. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. But what I will say is, this is this is issues that you get when you make big money signings. And luckily, from the looks of it, he seems well, as he said himself, he's pretty resilient, isn't he? So, you know, that's this is where most you know we went through the top 10 signings on here not long ago and i think we said at least only two were a success out of yeah. the british record transfers and it's a world we live in you know social media world people filming everything get to see everything you know if something happens in the world what's the first thing you do search twitter to find it mm-hmm. um and someone somewhere will have a video of it so unfortunately mate, it's a world we live in and and you know can't sit here being hypocrites doing a podcast on YouTube when you know when when we criticize what you can do is and, and the issue you've got with social media is, is give everyone a voice and not everyone with a voice say you know agrees with the right thing but people say things just to get reactions because they've seen people become famous from it and I think this is a what a lot of this is and and they've 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 seen a little inch in in Darwin Nunes where like you say he's off the plane, doesn't speak the language, blisters, you know, struggling. And What's a bad miss, though? <laughs> What's a bad miss? <laughs> Look, mate, if he's missing them in the season, then there's questions to be asked, isn't there? That's, you know... And like, can, is... you, can we just say something? No, I mean, I did send you a video before that Man United sent it after Ickle fella getting off the car, but that's the world <laughs> yeah, we live in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, so, mate. You've got yeah. to be, you've got to be resilient for it, and it can wind you up. And this, <laughs> the problem with you, Jamie, uh, is that you've got the world's shortest fuse. So <laughs> you know, it's it doesn't take much to wind you up. Um, yeah, it, it's just Liverpool. You've just got to brush it off, haven't you, and just get on with it, and then hopefully shut them all up with 25, 30 goals for the season. Yeah, it should, I don't know what it is. It should, I think Liverpool's my kryptonite. It just, uh, I don't know, you always can get a quick bite. I'm very chilled aside from Liverpool, Jim. No, I'm getting more mellow in my old age now. I don't know about that, mate. <laughs> you put a few windows through. Oh no! Anyway, right. Let's yeah, move on move to on. the <laughs> move on to the, the the next topic. Which tank? I want to come to you because um, this question come in from our mate Albert. Uh, he always uh, we can always rely on him to send in a cracker, and you've done a little bit of prep on this one, which I'm uh, delighted to say. So, Albert's question was before he answers. I just oh, want to on. say that I am here, Albert. Just by the way, if you, if you want me to go, I'll get my coat. <laughs> so this one for you, Tank and Jim. You can throw in your. Opinion Opinions on Tank's team, if you want, if it oh, makes no, you feel man. better, mate. You're no, all right. Man. All right. Man, Tank's the man. 
so the question is, um, hi guys, love hearing Tank talk about his playing days, particularly when he speaks about how impressive the likes of Ronaldinho and Akocha were. So I'd love to hear him name a greatest 11 of players he's played against or with and give insights into the players too. So Tank, 1 to 11, who's, uh, who's made the cut? Well, I've done what I tried to because you know it's easy just to sit here and rattle names off the biggest names you have played against. But what I've tried to do is the players who I Thank who you. I played with, and you know, like I'll come to the midfield in a minute and I'll explain why. But obviously, the the goal. So this is played. This is played with. This is played with. No, yeah, this okay. is played. I've done a mix of match mates. I've done like the ones the most difficult who were played against, and you know, played. So it's both. It's what Albert asked basically. Okay. So in goal, I've gone for Schmeichel. Um, just for me. Um, Not a bad start. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was just, going back to school goalies under 12s here. It was like, yeah. <laughs> little no, Steve just, was a cracker. <laughs> just for me, he was just, he was, I think he transformed the game of goalkeeping. Um, he, he just become this monster, you know, and he, he was almost unbeatable. I did beat him, I must say that. So, that's all. Oh, that was in there. The, the, the one one, the one one man. The one one, yeah. Okay, one, yeah, one, 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 one yeah. yeah. Moving on, yeah. <laughs> so, and the left back, I mean, I've got to give Shu Pease a mention. He was the greatest for me. I idolized him. You know, he was unbelievable, but he doesn't make the team, unfortunately. What? He doesn't make the team Shoe because. Is no. this where Tank picks himself? No, no, no. no. <laughs> Tank's in. Tank's the, 1 to the, 11. For me, the greatest left back that's ever played football. Barn on and another one for me. Like I've never seen anyone go past the lad. It's Ashley Cole. He was just for me the greatest fullback of our generation. Yeah, I always remember that dude. battle with Ronaldo. You remember that one yeah. in the Euros? Yeah. That was unbelievable. That. But you know the thing about him as well. For me, it was never a battle because he just Ronaldo couldn't go past him, even in the it's Premier League. Times, he did do him, uh, but not not on a regular yeah. basis. So. So and then up the centre half, I went for Rio Ferdinand. I just always thought he was a, real, a Rolls Royce of a play. You know, he was class from top to bottom. And then the other centre half is the captain of my Forest side, Colin Cooper. He was just phenomenal on and off the pitch. Everything you said he done. a leader. Yeah, he, was just, he was a leader. He was a captain. He trained like you should do, and he just set an example both on and off the pitch. Great captain, great fella, great pro. And for me, he was a great player. He was an England international. You know. Not the biggest neither. He was only five foot nine, maybe. But what a player he was! Uh, right back is Gary Kelly. Yeah, okay. You know, I played quite a bit in my career. I played as a wide left as well, and you know, our Irish listeners will like that one. Thank yeah, you. yeah. No, look, he was the one player who I every fullback who I played, every fullback who I played against, I always fancied myself because I had the pace and power, and he was the one player who had always. He, You'd have to go by him another way, and I just always found him so difficult to to get by. In fact, I'm not too sure many times I did actually get by him. Played um, in good Leeds teams as well. I seem to remember over the years, yeah, didn't he? Was exceptional, like, exceptional he was, Leeds teams. Yeah, Uncle of Ian Hart. Yeah, another good player. Another good player, Ian Hart. Yeah, knowledge, Jim. There you go. So in midfield, um, what formation you go? I'm going, I've got three, four, three, three, three midfielders in midfield. Uh, another one of my Forest teammates. And a lot of people are quite surprised at this, but as a fullback, he was always there. You know, when you're in a little bit of shit and you can't hit your wing, you can't hit your front man, and you always just used to hear this little squeaky voice, yes, Tank, Scott Gemmell, <laughs> always there, always. And he'd get the ball, he'd turn, he'd switch it, and he was just, I don't think I've ever seen him get the ball away. Really? And he was just always there and he could do everything. You know, he could score, he could tackle, he could track back. He'd passing. take it in any situation, he, he wouldn't. You could, honestly, you'd be times where you're in a pile of shit and you just go bang, have some of that, and then all of a sudden, he's gone out the other side and got away with it. I'm just laughing. Like, I was going to say, I see, I see Jimmy's face <laughs> yeah. when I said he can take it in any situation. And Jimmy went, oh, hello. There you go. <laughs> there go. And then, the other, the other one... Um, for me, one of the best players I've ever played with, if not possibly the, is Muzzy, is it? Yeah, Leicester mate, City. He was a he was. Honestly, Muzzy was, he was fucking small, like light and small, but there was nothing he couldn't do. Nothing he scored at some all. absolute bangers Absolutely. in as well. He, 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 he scored went that little, oh. little uh, patches to score his screamers. 
Honestly, he was an absolute unbelievable footballer. And he could tackle, he could defend, he would he'd scored, he'd assisted. He was just a phenomenal football player. Didn't get the credits he deserved, you think? I think he does at Leicester, but I don't think he does outside of the game. Which, mm. you know, he could have moved to big clubs quite a few times and he stayed at Leicester. Don't get me wrong, that Leicester were paid him well, but a phenomenal player, just an absolute phenomenal footballer. And in that, I've got to put Steven Gerrard for me, the greatest midfield player that's played the game for a long, long time. How old was he when he was coming on the scene? Then, Tank, he must have been young. Wasn't well, he would have been—he would have been young, yeah. But you—you you knew, do you know what I mean? You just knew you, there was strikes I mean. a difference. He's just yeah. He was like, you know, I was rapid, but he was—he had a different kind of speed. He was like power, where you think you're getting away from him, and then you kind of like you're thinking, oh, no, you still hear him, and then he'd be coming and coming and coming. Like I was just like all pure pace. He was like power, hmm. uh, but he was just you know. You don't have to say nothing about him. He was just phenomenal. So, yeah, that's me midfield three. Um, me right side of the three, and I'm just going purely on the basis that I found him the most difficult footballer I've ever faced in my whole career. Uh, would not give you a minute's piece attacking you, running behind you. And when you bomb him forward, he stuck with you, he defended. And I just found him impossible, impossible to play against. Ray Parler. Uh, just no like yeah just honestly he'd match your run forward and he'd take you back where you don't want to go and he was just like I always come off the pitch played against him like gone physically gone just like just couldn't get nothing out of him it probably tells you a lot about how good he was in that you think yeah. of the the transformation that Wenger made at Arsenal yet yeah, and all the players he brought in yet yeah, Parler yeah. was was pretty much a mainstay for, yeah. for Wenger in his time there. Yeah. And it, to be fair to him, he puts away some bevies now. Have you seen his Twitter profile? Yeah. He's absolutely, he's like sinking Jaeger bombs and at like Friday twelve o'clock, and he's still in fantastic shape. He's like a he's like an Adonis. He must yeah. be what. What's he fifties now? Early fifties. Well, I'm forty five. He's got to, He's got to be. He's got to be fifty. He must be. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, just a nightmare to play against. An, an all round nightmare. Um, Centre forward. It's only one, isn't it? Alan Shearer. Possibly the greatest centre forward. There was a toss up. I, I thought Pierre was going to get the nod. I thought you were going to. Yeah, he, he went and strike the prick. So. <laughs> <laughs> and to be honest with you, before Pierre, I had to put Kevin Campbell before Pierre because Cam's was just like. He was our he was our go to guy as well for us, but I don't think you can. Alan Shearer for me is the greatest number nine. He he, he had everything. Do you think his number will ever get toppled, lads, Jim? Do you think that the Shearer's number because Kane Kane's got Kane's his numbers got inside? Close, I suppose. He's got scored twenty goals, hasn't he, for the next like six seasons? Mm. He's not doing that, is he? I don't think. I Kane. don't think so. Like he's got he's probably got a two or three more seasons where he's going to score twenty odd, and then and then he, I think he'll struggle from that point out. But, yeah, ah, mate, his numbers are phenomenal. Yeah, right. and the so last she, one, Tank. The last one for me, mate. And I, I, it was just the fact. I mean, look, we played against them at Leicester, the opening Leicester City ground, and it was Ronaldinho. I mean, I've just never seen anything like him in my life. I mean, his legs were the size of my whole body now, <laughs> as I am now. And he was just like he was on a different stratosphere. To, I mean, they had some players on the pitch as well that day, but he was on a different stratosphere. He was like playing his own game of football. And nobody could get near him. You know, what we was the plan there when you because I, I assume and I, I assume like, I can, kick him into next week, but, but could but, you even get near him to kick him? That's the thing. Yeah, but my my plan, and like I've tried to smash him, and he's the only player who I've actually bounced off and was like, What the fuck has just happened? What's <laughs> who's hit me? And then I'm looking and he's just rolling his foot on the ball as if to say, You all right down there? And oh, he was God. just like, You're like, Oh, well, you know, what else can I do now? I've tried to kick him and he's done me. <laughs> but he was just, a, he was a freak, mate. And it was actually a pleasure to be on the same pitch. Yeah, that's that's definitely one to one to tell the grandkids. Uh, Jim, yeah. I'm, I'm going to come to you here because we got a we got another question and it's it's closely linked uh, on the blog uh, for those that haven't checked out the blog. We fired it up again, so so go check it out. Uh, who's got a dog in there? Is that it's yours, Jim? Is it? Neighbors, mate, sorry. Do you want to do you want to throw something over the fence there? Tell him to shut up. I have or it what? All, mate. I have it all day. Oh, is this a bit of a bone of contention? Uh, You're not yeah. happy, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> that bastard dog's back. I can see it in your face. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you a story, but they probably can hear me. Okay, okay. Tell me later. Uh, so we, yeah, we got a question in from Yoza, um, and Yoza said, 
All right, lads, great. Listen, can you build your perfect footballer you've played with? Right foot, left foot, pass a tackler, captain, Mardos, and skill. Now, I think Yoz is a mate of yours, is he, Jim? So Yeah, Lee, Yoz a huge mate. Yeah, uh, shout out to him. Thanks for listening, mate. Um, Jim, do you want to pick this one up? Is there any particular players? It's tough, tough act to follow here now with it Ronald. It is, Williams. and, and I'll like be it. honest, I... Because someone asked me the other day who like the best players I've ever played against. So I never took in the surroundings. I literally turned up, like played that. You football, honestly hate stuff home. like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I literally did, I just just did my thing and went home. Like I, I never took into account who I was playing against. I bet you know I'm pretty sure I played against Rooney and when I was younger we're at the same age and. The, but I just, I just never, I never take these things in. I just to go. be honest, for, for context, Jim is the most laid back, per, like the opposite to me. Like he's not asked about anything. I'd be like, I tried to get him asked. I'm like, Jim, this is a big game today. He's like, mate, I don't care. Like I just, I don't care. I'm like, what? just do your thing and off you go, <laughs> in it. Like and and so even picking this, like players I've played with, I'm thinking like, oh god, who have I played with? Like and I, I just couldn't. Can't remember, and my memory is awful as well. But I've I've, I've had a go. I've had a go. Yeah. So he's gone right for Annie. So I played a lad called Joe Booth that filed, um, and he had a he had a decent right peg on him, so he could he could play a ball or two. So he was a good lad as well. He loved the beer. So I didn't uh, get the, the right footage to shout. Thanks, thanks, Jim. Didn't get the no, right. You're not. You, you're further down the line, lad. Wait oh, there. go on. I'm coming. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, listen. Keep that. Saying to the orgies, mate. Fucking hell. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Left foot. I've gone for Brownie, you know. For how much of, you know, Carl Brown. He did have a decent left peg on him. But thinking back, I, can't, I didn't play with that many left footers. Or I just didn't take into account. Um, there was a couple honourable mentions. Ricky Bridge. Uh, obviously, you know Ricky. Um, but other than Carl that, Brown's mate, a funny one, Tank. He was actually... So he was at uh, Derby, Derby County. And he told me a story. He was on the, he'd been training with the first team and they had like, you know, they do the patterns of play or they, they might do the 11 versus the uh, the rest of the squad that like in the build up to, yeah. to the game. And he was in the 11. I think he was playing um, wing back, I think. And uh, it was before the times of the transfer window. He was due to make his debut. And I think Derby went out and signed Daggy, Danny Higginbottom. Just before the game, put him straight in. Brownie didn't get the get the the nod, and then I think he went on. I think he went off to Getafe. Then I think, yeah, I, I think, yeah, but uh, yeah, he, he nearly made oh. his debut, and then it, it never got a look in after that. Small margins in football, mate, isn't it? Go on, Jim. Last couple. Yeah, passer Timmy Sanders always could find a pass. I mean, I'm being honest here. I could pick myself for all of these if I'm being honest, <laughs> like. <yeah. laughs> <laughs> Tank, I'm being serious now when I say this. He he's annoying in that he's never asked, he doesn't care, but he has more ability in his fingernail than I have in my hot. Like I be looking at him do things, and I'm like, Jim, that is absolutely ridiculous. But his head would like just there was something. The the wires didn't join up. Shit, that spark just wasn't there. If I had like, the drive, it? mate. If I had the right drive. If I had the right mentality. I could have been a player. There was once, Tank, I'm sorry to trample on your point, Jim, but a bit, I, I love this story. We were playing against, I can't even remember who we were playing against, but um, he had the ball, right? And if you if you did get him a little pissed off, he could be a slightly bit prickly, but just like in an annoying way. So like he'd beat someone and then he'd go and beat them again just to annoy them because they've been winding him up. And at one point he had three lads chasing him trying to, and he just stopped. Jim just stopped, picked the ball up and said, you just want, I'll just give you the ball. He literally handed, <laughs> handed them the ball. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, Jim, I had to tell it's that all right, mate. It's, it's, I love these stories. So, Tack, you're in, you're in his tackler, bud. You're in my tackler. So, because I didn't play with many tacklers, you know. Um, or, that's, a bit, that's a bit harsh, that he's put you in and said, but I'm only put you in because I didn't play with many. Let him have his moment, Jimmy. No, no, no. <laughs> He was mate. He put it. If there's anyone that you knew would die on a pitch for you, it was Jamie. You knew that he would. He would go out and run through brick walls for you. Hence why he'd always get sent off fighting my battles. <laughs> yeah, that was that was very true, actually. Uh, I was going to put you as captain as well, but I didn't bother. I've gone for a lad called Dan I do. I've I played with quite a few times. He was a he was a good captain. Always driving the team on. <clears throat> 
Then Mardos and Skiller, I have gone for myself. For both yeah, I was going to say you should pick yourself. Yeah, for that, yeah. definitely the Mardos because it was. I, I was racking my brains. I thought, fucking hell, it's just me. It's only me that I can think <laughs> of. Uh, and then yeah, same for skills. You know, there was a few that I played with that were all right, but you know, they, they didn't have the step overs that I had. So <laughs> yeah, you got a few in the locker, lad, haven't you? Yeah, uh, yeah. But other than that, mate, like I said, I. I will be my biggest regret that I die is that I didn't take more into account when I was playing football. Like, yeah. you know, like programs and medals and like newspaper clippings and all that sort of stuff. It's one that will be my biggest regret. Yeah, and something that I'll never pass on to my kids because I'll, I'll do it for them. Yeah, I have a I have a little orange book that actually is under my bed now that has all the the newspaper yeah. clip the clippings. Before we move on to the next topic, I'll, I'll just do a, a quick one for me, it, and it's um, I'm only going to call out a couple in the essence of time. But there was uh, left foot, Leighton Baines. Like I remember oh. playing against Leighton Baines, and no, it Leighton. was like it was just it was different. They, he he was playing for a very good Kirby team tank. So you know when you used to do like it'd yeah. be like Wirral, Merseyside, Kirby, whatever. He, he, and like I was the right winger at the time. And he just, he was a real sound, good kid. He wasn't a prick. Some of the lads from Kirby could be a bit intense. He was just a real good lad. But when he pinged the ball, it was like he was running the game from left back. Yeah. Wherever he hit the ball, it just made a different sound. Then right foot, Darren Potter. And the quick, so he was in the, I think he was at Sheffield Wednesday up until yeah. recently. I think he was in Liverpool Champions League squad when um, in Istanbul. Obviously, uh, I don't, obviously didn't play, but he was in the squad. It was funny. He played centre mid against me, and usually if someone was better than me and I knew quite quickly, like you with Ronaldinho tank, you'd level it up and try and get in the red or whatever. Like if I played against Jimmy, I say this all the time. Jimmy's way better at me at footy, but I reckon I could I could put it get in to try and put him off his game or get him a little rattled or something. This Darren Potter, like I couldn't even get he was three steps ahead. So before the ball had even been into his feet, he popped it off around the corner, he'd spun and I'm stood there going, and I'm thinking, shit, I I can't get close to this lad and it just it blows my mind thinking how good he was that night and then you think of the levels of the actual top yeah. top top yeah. players and i'm like how how can it get better than that you yeah. know what i mean it's it's nuts uh, and i just one final shout out to a guy called carl clampett who was my captain at wirral he was at liverpool he went to heart he had problems with injuries i'm telling you what if there was one player who had the talent to go all the way it was him he was an absolute monster and he just used to scream at me just never let me settle. He just drove the whole team on, and he was, uh, yeah, he was a monster of a player. Now, I want to, I want to get back to some, um, some of the the other topics that we had listed. Don't mention to me. But well, I just gave you loads of compliments there, Jim. I also know how to manage you, mate. You can't can't give you too many compliments. You know what I mean? Uh, Tank, I want to come to you because you mentioned something interesting there before when you were talking about Colin Cooper, and that was uh, his size. And obviously, Manchester United have made the sign and now at centre-back. Martinez has come in and I believe he's five foot nine. Do you think that obviously works against him? Because I'm guessing if you put Colin Cooper in, who was, was a similar size, you don't think... Because a lot of people in the media have tried to throw a little bit of mud at, at his direction. Look, Tim Cale was one of the best editors of the ball I, I've seen and he, he wasn't a big lad. It's not, not that much of an issue for you. No, it's not. I mean, look, the, the lad's been playing Champions League football, hasn't he, with Ajax and, you know... They always seem to do quite well at the Champions League. So I don't think it's that much of an issue. I think where he'll have a bit of an issue more so this season is, you know, if he's playing against Liverpool with Nunes, who's six for four, and Haaland, who's six for five, with the delivery what Trent Arnold's got and the quality of what Man City's got with De Bruyne, I think he might have a slight issue, yeah. You know, Haaland to be licking his lips, only playing against him, you know, with whipping balls into the box. And I'm sure Nunes will be, but taking that aside, I just think the game's not, it's not like that at the minute, but I don't, I don't know. Part of me says you'd be all right, but the other part of me saying I would never sign a centre half who's five foot nine. Never. Do you think, do you, do you, do no you think, we're... no centre half that was five foot nine? Oh, I know where he's going with this one. I can see the look in his eye. He's going to drop a Cannavaro or something there, are you, Jim? Cannavaro? Cannavaro is five foot nine, mate. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, I know there's been, you know, Colin Cooper, he's in my team there. He was a phenomenal player, but he was also phenomenal in the air. You know, he could jump eight foot. You know, he was phenomenal in the air. I'm not I'm not saying that, but, you know, I just think, you know, we never played against the quality. I don't think anyone, anyone could say we played against the quality of Trent Arnold, what he puts in the box, because... 
for me, he's the best that's ever ever done it. And now you've got Haaland coming in, who I'm so I'm excited to see Haaland this season. I mean, some clips from Man City, Dave, you've seen some of like some of the snapshots. I mean, ridiculous. in in the air, he's he's about forty foot in the air. And I'm just thinking, as a five foot nine centre half, if I'm ten, I could be thinking, ooh, don't really. I got his name right there as well. Oh, look at this. I don't really, you know, I don't fancy him against. Um, and I tell you what's another concern for me while I'm while I'm on a little bit of a rant today. There's already talks about him now playing as a deep line uh, centre midfield player. So you don't think he's got? You said that as well, Jim, didn't you? He's not. You don't think he's coming Possibly. in as a centre back? No, I did. I don't think he has either. To be uh, no, I think he has actually. Sorry. Yeah, because it, it's funny when when I look at it, I'm kind of thinking, and we seen it the other day, Maguire, and again preseason to take it with a pinch of salt. But United player Maguire's back in the side. Ten Hogs obviously looking to push that back line up, and poor Maguire lads. I don't know if you've seen the clips. Like he just looked. It's. It, I nearly feel bad for him at this stage because you just you're asking him to do everything that he's not comfortable with. So I thought, you know, a player who's played under Ten Hag before. You know, Jim, you bring him in, surely he'll know how, how he wants him to play. He's comfortable with the space in behind. Um, but yeah, Laz Tank says it looks potentially like maybe he's, he's going to come in and in that uh, deep line midfield role. Possibly, mate. I mean, Ten Hag's obviously got a plan for him, but no one knows what it is. So I think we're just going to have to wait and see with him. With his size, I don't think it matters. I don't think, I think football's changed from whipping balls in and, and you know, Beckham on the right, pumping balls into to um, Van Nistelrooy and whatnot, so I think I, I don't I don't think it would be a, as much of an issue as 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 you think about it from you know days gone by. And as I said, there's Colin Cooper five foot nine, Cannavaro five foot five foot nine, World Cup winner. Uh, do you think we Do you think we're starting to see the resurgence tank now? Because you know football's uh, cyclical in a way. So, uh, you know, you'll have a, an in, in vogue formation where all managers tend to move towards a particular shape. We've obviously seen, I think, four three three has, has dominated for a while. You see it now more three at the back. Um, do you think we're now starting to see maybe the resurgence of the the big number nine? I do. do you yeah. Think that yeah, coming back in. I do, and it, it's kind of like. It's the it's the two best sides who've gone and gone out and made made these adjustments. It's Liverpool of Man City's kind of like you know both of them are target a big number nine this season. And for me, it's been Liverpool of Man City who's was the leaders in getting rid of the number nine because we've had Firmino. We was the who, you know he just used to go everywhere. You couldn't really hold him down to position. He wasn't even a false nine because he'd be you know we'd be picking the ball up in the right wing back spot, the left wing back. He's everywhere, and then you'd have Salah, and it's similar with Man City. Man City, for me, have been phenomenal since Aguero. Look, listen, Aguero is one of the greatest centre-forwards that's ever played football. But I think Man City went into another level when Aguero came out that side because nobody could handle the rotation of De Bruyne, Silva, Sterling, uh, Foden, Mares. It was just kind of like they just do where they, do where they go and no one actually knew where to pick up. And all of a sudden now you've got like, bang, Ireland, big six foot five number nine, and you've got Nunes, big six foot four number nine. And as you say, it does go in cycles, but it's one of them for me where the way I look at this signing for Manchester United is quite a lot of big clubs like your Chelsea's, your Man City's, you know, they're all looking for centre-backs this season. They've all been looking, you know, to strengthen in that area. And no one's ever been linked or mentioned with the, with this lad at all. And is it another one of them where Man United going out and just... They're that desperate to get a centre off, and that they've just paid fifty-five million for the lads. Who I'm being oh, honest with you, as well, they? yeah, but I'm yeah, not it's, too sure. it's 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 funny, Jim. You you look at this, and uh, you know it's obviously transfer silly season at the moment. I, I think that maybe we're all in agreement. There's one club that I think have done some smart deals, and and that's Chelsea. They yeah. seem to you know Raheem Sterling, and and I put it in the blog this Great week. Part. I I thought you know. 310 grand a week, you know, surprised me a little bit. It's he's he's obviously uh gonna be one of the top earners, if not the top earner at Chelsea. But I think the one thing that Raheem Sterling probably feels he deserves is status. And I don't feel that he probably got that at Manchester City. I think he's I think he's um excelled for England when he's been given that kind of leadership role. And and I think it's a smart, smart move by Chelsea. And then obviously they've gone out and got Kula Bale as well, who like I Kim Pembe as well from yeah. PSG. Yeah, because I think they were supposedly after Ake, but I think City have, have, have put the shutters down on that one. Um, and Kimpembe now is, is somebody that they're after. So, so Chelsea seems to be doing smart business, do you think? Yeah, very much so. I think 
Koulibaly at 31 will still be a beast. He'll be one of them players that will go like Thiago Silva and keep going. He's an absolute tank. Um, you know, Sterling, I think, is a great signing, regardless of 310 grand a week. He's 27 years old. He's won the Premier League. How uh, is Sterling 27 I, years God old? God knows, man. He's, I, he's like Rebo like, West syndrome Boston. again. Yeah, you're just going backwards. <laughs> so you got you see Sterling. I think I think if they make a big centre forward signing to replace Lukaku and to be able to rotate with Timo Werner, I think I think you then start going, hang on a second here. I think that will be the missing piece. I don't think they've got that out and out goal scorer yet. And if they can get that then you, know, you say that, Jimmy. Look at Sterling's record in the past five seasons. He's an out and out goal scorer. He is, I mean, but not I, as I think he's down we can the middle, though, is he? And yeah, who have they got down the middle apart from because Timo Werner just runs offside? Like, don't get me wrong, yeah, he's a great Timo player. Play, really. You think he's a great player, Timo Werner? I think he is a great player. And this is, this is, you know, don't forget, hang on, this is a what if I'm a it's a great player. If I'm a Liverpool fan, I'm using Timo Werner as a worry when I'm looking at Nunes because Timo Werner for um, in the Bundesliga was absolutely unbelievable. Um, and then to come to Chelsea and has been an absolute flop. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's he's playing well, but he is a good player. There's a player there oh, somewhere. So he's a good player now. No, you know what I mean. I'm saying he's... he's, <laughs> no, he's honestly, mate, I'm still stuck on Timo Wayne as a great player. He's, he's shit. a great player. He's not playing <laughs> he's well. Shit. He's not he's playing well, but he's, he's a player in there. And there's absolutely car crash. <clears throat> but my point is, if they go out and out goal score, I think if they sign a proper number nine, then... They, they challenge. They I think they challenge anyway. With the they should do. I think they'll tail off because I don't think they'll score as many goals as everyone else. When See, they've got like Nunes and Haaland plus their winger scoring goal and Chelsea have only got a couple of wingers scoring goals because they're talking about that young lad from Southampton, aren't they? Oh, who, who was on loan at Southampton. I can't remember his name. He was, oh, he's Borgia. Just, is it, but, yeah, yeah, so they're talking football. about him being spearheaded in the no, he, he's just agreed. They've just he's still West Ham. Oh, oh, that was it. West Ham, yeah, thirty million, hasn't he? But yeah. the point is, whether you play Conor Gallagher maybe as a, as a false nine, who knows? But I think if they get a decent number nine and work out a system, they challenge properly. Challenge. Do you know what I think? I've got a, a little sneak as well. You're looking at Chelsea there. I think Conte's going to surprise a few at Spurs. You know, he's making smart signings. He's got a good full preseason with them. He's running the bollocks off him. Look, oh, it's not yeah. it's not revolutionary, but he will have them drilled within an inch of their life. Uh, Tank, have you been impressed with what you've been hearing from from Conte? Because I just think he's a he's a wily old fox. He's a proper driven competitor, and obviously with with the finish that they had. I just think he's he's getting the backing that he that he craved. You know, he's not afraid to stamp his feet a little bit, and obviously his his CV uh, would demand that he gets the support. I think they're a problem this season. I think they're a problem. I think they're going to be right up there, and I think that they'll be the nearest challengers to City and Liverpool because he, he's a born winner. Whatever he goes, he wins. And I just remember his interview at Burnley last season when he kind of said, maybe this job isn't for me. And I think that shit up uh, the powers that be at Spurs. Because all of a sudden now, he's gone and said, I want him, 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 and bang, they've, they've got them. Mm. I think the wing-back, what's his kind of name from Inter Milan? It was Inter Milan, um, the Croatian lad. I don't know. Oh, can't think of his name now. So, I think... No, the Croatian... Think of it, I just can't say it. No, I can't, I can't think of his name... Dave, um, call him Dave. Croatia, the Croatian lad. I think he's a shrewd signing. I think he's a proper signing. Um, I just think with the the formation, oh, that's him, mate. That's him. And I think the formation he wants to play, he's actually he's gone out and signed the players who he needs to play in that formation, like Perisic. And I just think they'll be fitter than they'll be one of the fitter sides in the Premier League this yeah. season, bar none. And he'll have them drummed in a pre-season, the formation and where they want to go and where they want to play. And for me, you've got two of the most potent uh, attackers in the Premier League in Son and Kane as well. He'll score bundles of goals. This I think they're a problem. I think they'll concede too many. That's my... I think, I think they haven't got the defence to challenge for the title. Centrally. 
we're not going to do we're not going to do predictions just yet. Uh-huh. I think we need to see. I think we need to see. Uh, we need to see who, who other clubs bring in, and then before the season starts, just before the curtain raiser, we'll uh, we'll do top top four, top five. Uh, uh, predictions and then we'll do relegation predictions and we'll see where we uh, where we come up. Just one thing before because I've got a couple of uh, Jimmy's got a couple of questions for us to finish to finish off. But before we do, there's one last thing that I want to bring up, lads. How are Barcelona making signings? <laughs> what the, what is going on? Converters made it. Selling all the silverware. Yeah, what is going on? It. I tell you what, I need to get them as my accountants because yeah. one minute they're saying they're absolutely skins, they're hundreds of millions in debt, um, and then all of a sudden they're, they're bringing in absolutely world-beating players in uh, Ledendorfsky. Rafinha's gone in there. They're still trying to make deals on top of it. What what's going on there? They just, I just just said, mate, they've gone back to the old school, haven't they? And what was that? <laughs> it's, my Apple, it's my Apple Watch. I wasn't getting the shepherd's hook from downstairs. You've, um, you've gone back to the old school for me, mate, and you're just writing the IOUs. Yeah, it's money. IOU, there you go. But on a serious note, it's, it's like, how can, they can't register now for these players neither. Mm. It's like, you're, you're signing players, but they actually can't register them with the, with the league to play. I was reading something today, you know, when you sent that link, I had a good read what that fella was writing. And it's just bizarre how they've gone round and, and they're doing it. It's like, I... I they're trying to force Frankie De Jong out the club and he's old 17 million quid. Yeah, they were trying to wrap up. Yeah, they were trying to wrap up that as part of payments for, yeah, for any transfer. Don't worry about the other 14. We owe you, Frankie. Have three. Yeah, yeah. you're welcome. Um, yeah, it seems mad. It seems like they're selling on, but reading between the lines. And Graham Hunter was on their uh, talk sport this morning. He was saying they're basically selling on, I think it was 15% of their future TV rights. I think they've yeah, been selling on merch, yeah, merchandising rights. I think they've got the Spotify deal. So they're kind of they're, they're, they're banking on future success, I suppose, and, and kind of freeing up that cash. I, I kind of suppose it's like equity release on a house in some way, shape, or form, I think. But yeah, it just seems like a bit of a bit of a mad one Jim I want to come to you mate to finish because uh yeah you've got a couple of questions for for the lads I had a couple of musings over the weekend so um I was doing some you know we're all we're all dads and we're you know we all do jobs around the house and there's some jobs I absolutely despise doing um (laughs) but what my job this weekend was uh jet washing the patios and all that sort of stuff I was thinking to myself thinking you know what? I'm actually enjoying this. I don't <laughs> mind doing it. I have my headphones in, no one bothering me. I was doing my little, uh, the like the TikTok things where you can see it all what dead dark and then it's dead clean. So the question was <laughs> like, what's what's that one job where some people probably hate, but you actually don't mind doing? And and obviously my I've got two. So one is uh, jet washing, and two is mowing my lawn so it looks like Wembley. You you got the real grass, Jim, yeah? Yeah, real grass. And uh, I get the people around to do all like the feeds and all that sort of stuff. So uh, yeah, I want it. It's doing my editing now because it's all dying, obviously, with the sun. Um, it doesn't look as great. But uh, yeah, that, I, I love mowing, mowing it at least once a week just to get the get the old lines in. What about you, Tank? I'm going to be honest with you. For the first time, Jimmy and me are in a complete and utter agreement. <laughs> oh, Jesus, what's going God on? the boys. Mate, I actually, Virtual I, I get a buzz out of jet washing. Really? Just, yeah, yeah, it's like, I write my initials and everything on it. And then yeah. I just, you, know, you shoot it out and you get in the middle. I actually go to full hilt. I don't know whether you do, Jimmy. I go to full hilt, mate. I've got my big wellies on. Yeah, no, I'm um, in the Crocs. <laughs> on, no, mate, and you, you get pebble dashed on your legs, and yeah. I actually love doing the jet washing. It's like it's a little thing. Satisfying. And, yeah, and listen, I'm I'm a little bit of a lazy fucker here, but me and Frankie have we've got to sit on lawnmower, haven't we? So it's not like uh, lawnmower. Yeah. You got a big garden, I saw that. Yeah. Place, so. so me and Frankie, that's like our Richard. We do it twice a week. So we just hop on the lawnmower, and we go down, bang, do it, then go and do the paddock, and then bang, we're done. It's like. It's not a chore that me and nah, you know, he drives it and all that. So it's kind of like, so I've got to be with Jimmy. So nah, what man. you're technically saying is you're, you're forcing your, how old Frankie now, mate? He's, he's three now, mate. Three. So you're, you're sending your three-year-old out on the track there to <laughs> do the grass. <laughs> yeah. 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 You missed a he bit, sit, Frankie, he lad. Sits, he sits on my knee and he stares the tractor, but yeah, it's amazing. Uh, mine is, yeah, mine is, so I'm a bit of an OCD clean freak type lad. So, I actually, I enjoy cleaning. Um, so like headphones on, 
like I, I'm funny about kitchens, so like kitchen worktops, uh, glass uh, uh, mirrors. We've got yeah. glass doors throughout the house. Like I, there's nothing like I really enjoy that feeling. Once I've got a clean kitchen worktop, me 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 uh, me glass mirrors are all done, and all the windows are like sticky fingers free because the kids have been like high fiving all the glass windows throughout the house. <laughs> so getting that done, and then the other one would be hoovering. So like you, Jim, uh, mate, I like you know, you do the hoovering and you can nearly you do the, the stripes. You do yeah, the lines. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, don't mind doing that. So, yeah, they, they'd be my two. So I'll flip the question then. So what's the one job that you absolutely hate doing where the missus goes, I want this doing? And you go, oh, not that again. Mine washing is and ironing. Washing painting mine is. Oh, if any, my missus went the other week, oh, I want the fence painted. I was like, oh, you what? Yeah, can you paint the fence? I want it grey. Not thinking that we've got like fifty of your gardens of... like Mister Miyagi. Mate, we've got Miyagi's fifty of meters garden. of fencing round here. There's still two panels not been done. It's been, it's been two months. <laughs> I hate it painting. Whether it's a bedroom, it's anything. I despise it. I yeah, tried to get someone in in my old house. We had an ensuite, and I swear to God, it was tiny, really small. And the painting started to chip off the off the ceiling. I got a guy in to quote for me. He went. No, mate. I was like, what? He's like, no. Give it yourself, Do you yourself. lazy bastard. I was like, mate, can you not? I'll pay you. He's like, nah, I'm not even giving you. Didn't even give me a price and walked out the house. I was like, don't want to do it. What about you, Tag? Yeah, can't. Uh, iron and mate, iron's in a major issue for me. A yeah. major problem. I, can't, I actually can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah, so. I'm the same way. Ironing, but the one I have a real, pro like, a, literally, it's like a mental block is bed sheets. Fucking <sighs> hell. Bed sheets, mate. I, I, bed I sheets can't. They're on the bed. So what? Yeah, get them on the bed and then iron it. Yeah, iron the bed sheet. On the bed, yeah, lad. That's, That's fucking up there with fucking <laughs> one, two, three, four. Shit, shit, shit. Your hands melted. That's <laughs> bizarre. Friend hey, of the show. Oh. The weekend. Yeah, I had a mate, Steve Brown, friend of the show. Hello, Steve. Uh, sent me a WhatsApp saying he did the five shits and it worked. Yeah, you sent that. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Steve. <laughs> now, Steve's now listening to this and ironing his bed sheets on the fucking bed. <laughs> Mate, I give good advice. Uh, but yeah, my, mine is uh, yeah is definitely what anything to do with washing, ironing, but I just I cannot, and I've only done it once in my life, and it was when my missus was out uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, she got out with the girls, and I went upstairs, and I went to go into bed. She was out with the girls, so she wasn't until oh, late, and the bed wasn't made. And I was like, oh, proper fuming. I was absolutely, I was like, dead mad. I was like, right, I'm gonna have to try and get this duvet in the sheet. And I was like, you know that trick where you like, you have you to reach through. Out. Yeah, and it's like, fucking hell. I got there in the end, but it was like the corner wasn't max, like it wasn't <laughs> full. So I'm like shaking the bed sheet, trying to get it in there. It was, yeah, it was not good. I so that human makes my head had gone. Yeah, my head had gone. I was I like, you're punching walls. <laughs> you're dead mad texting you. You're not welcome home anymore <laughs> yeah. now after that. Fucking human. But uh, yeah, they were good then, Jim. I enjoyed them, mate. No worries, mate. I'll think of some more. Yeah, please do. So, lads, we went over an hour there. Um, which wow. is some going. I have to say, I am absolutely delighted that Tank now has a very good setup, crystal clear, no issues. Look at this, Mike. You're like a young John Motson now. I'll send you one. Now it's even got the thing where you know it's that to stop the spit going on. It's got the lot. <laughs> so you know when you you know when you do podcasts with chewies in your mouth. That's yeah. basically that, that, that's to stop. Uh, that but uh lads that was great crack um as always anybody that is listening watching um if you wouldn't mind leaving us a review sending us your feedback i, I think all three of us will agree we've, we've had some lovely messages over the last week or so uh we we enjoy reading them all so please do keep them coming as i said if you can leave us a rating any feedback or even just share the link with a mate um that would be a would be a massive help in terms of the the youtube subscriber updates i think we're over 800 now we're trying to get to a thousand so yeah we're not uh not a million miles away so if you have haven't watched us on YouTube, give us a try. Just search Boot Room. I'll post the links on the, on the social post and give us a subscribe on there. We've got loads planned for the new season. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to it. It should be a good one. So, with that, I hope you all enjoy the rest of your week. Make sure you look after yourselves, and we will be back with you next week on the Boot Room podcast. All Cheers, the best, lads. Take it easy, boys. boys.